Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Come on, at all of our locations this morning, if you're ready to receive God's word, can you just let them know? Now, now, don't listen to the sermon the way I watched the playoff game yesterday. I'm mad and bitter that my team wasn't in it, right? So I just, I watched, I wasn't rooting for anybody. I was rooting against people. And, and so don't, don't come to church that way. Don't come to church mad. Come to church ready to receive like your team's in the Super Bowl. Amen. Come on, who's ready to receive from God this morning? Hey, if you haven't had a chance to attend one of our morning prayer services, the great news is we still got two weeks to go. These have been amazing 6 o'clock here in Concord, 6 o'clock at the gallery in Davidson. Bring somebody with you, and it has just been energizing. Uh, energizing. If you're on your way to work at that time or getting the kiddos ready for school, cfachurch.com, watch now and we will broadcast that prayer experience as well. Well, if you'll take out your copy of God's Word this morning and turn to the book of John chapter 4. John chapter 4, I want to preach a word that I've entitled, Leaving the Lunch Table. Leaving the Lunch Table. So do you, do you, remember, do you remember this? Like, does this not just bring back memories of, of <laughs> never mind, I won't comment about the size of the seats, but, but doesn't it just, like, initially it just, so, so like, lunch in elementary school or in middle school or in high school, like, lunch is the best period of the day, right? Like, it just, if all else was wrong with the world, you just failed a science test, you were a little late uh, getting to first period or whatever, there was lunch, there was lunch. And so uh, my tribe, come on up and help me out, John and Kevin and Steve, like, like you would just, uh, uh, you would walk in here and you would forget the spelling test, you would forget what you had coming up and you just got to, you got to open up. Now, how many of you uh, brought your lunch from home? How many of you brought on the count of three? Not many of you, really. On the count of three, shout out the name of your first lunchbox. One, two, three. Brown bag. Come on. It may have been, maybe you had a little Care Bears, Rainbow Bright. He-Man, I mean, not if you were raised in a Christian home, but, it, but like Smurfs or Dukes, Dukes of Hazard, Transformers, uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what else. Of like, how, many, how many of you bought your lunch at school? Bought your lunch at school. Again, brought, bought, some combination of the two. Yeah, uh, uh, so like was your, was your lunchroom experience like this? Like uh, remember trading? Like if somebody else had a cup of chocolate pudding and you had an apple or carrot sticks and, and some of you that, see, if, if this is you, you're in sales right now or you have started your own company, some of you were able to swindle, I mean trade, your <laughs> apple for somebody else's chocolate pudding and you're just sitting there eating it. And they thought they were getting a deal. And you're just like, mama will never know. Or, 
Or even, even if you brought your lunch, uh, there was something about pizza day. Let's go. I don't know what ingredients are in school pizza. It doesn't even matter. I don't know if the cheese is real. I don't care. I don't care if you can see the little perforated line to where they tore apart the rectangular piece of pizza. There was something up. Can I get a witness? There's something about pizza day. So like all your, all your cares were gone, it's lunchtime, you're not thinking about else. Lunchtime, lunchtime was the best part of the day, unless it wasn't, because sometimes you didn't sit at this table. How many of you remember being the new kid at school and walking in and you did not care anything about your classes, you cared about who was going to sit here? And you walked in and you weren't hungry. It had been five hours since breakfast, but you weren't hungry a bit because your stomach was doing flip-flops. And you just kept looking up at that clock saying, God, speed that clock up. How long am I going to sit here by myself? I don't have anybody to talk to. I don't have anybody. And so when it feels like, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but when it feels like everybody else is over here and you feel, come on, don't get all churchy on me. We've all felt like, I'm not just talking about fifth grade. We've all felt like we've been in this seat. We've all felt like we're on the outside looking in. I don't, everybody else is a church person. I'm not a church person. I can never be religious. Somebody, somebody brought you here this morning and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing in church. Some, what, what's going on? And you, fe you feel like, like even physically you may be over there, but you feel like you're over here. When we were home for uh, Christmas, my brother and I and our, our families, um, one of the things that we enjoy is for the past several years, one of our neighbors has made us a, a pumpkin roll. And you want to talk about a good Christmas, just, or any holiday. I don't care if it's fourth, of, I don't care if it's summer. Just slide a pumpkin, insert pumpkin roll, insert joy. So especially, especially right now when your pastor is on like day five or six of the whole 30, and I have not had a bowl of cereal in a week, pray, pray for your pastor. Uh, so so we're, we're, we're looking, my dad and my brother, we always look forward to this pumpkin roll. But the pumpkin roll was not in the refrigerator. And, and so uh, I said to my dad, hey, where's the pumpkin roll? And he's like, I know. I said, I ran into our neighbor the other day, and she said, uh, it, it's in my freezer. I'll get it there. And I'm thinking, that pumpkin roll in your freezer is doing me zero good. All of your good intentions are doing me no good. And we, but, but the next day, the next day, we ran into her in the store in Clintonville, divine appointment. And so she saw my dad, she said, oh, I'm so sorry, it's still in my freezer, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. We got home that, that, that day, and, and she called, and she said, hey, are you going to be home in the morning? Dad's like, yeah, we'll be home all day. She said, 9 o'clock, I'll be there at 9 o'clock. And so 9 o'clock, there was a knock on the door, and I was in the, the living room, and I just happened to overhear this conversation. So the conversation, I may not get every detail right, but the conversation is one that I just heard a couple of weeks ago. So... Um, this happened 50 years ago. My mom passed away eight years ago, December 23rd, so right, right before Christmas. And in our local high school, in Franklin High School, there were five elementary schools that were feeders into that one high school, and three 
borderline four of those high school or, or elementary schools, uh, they knew each other. So they may not have been neighbors, but they may have played Little League baseball together or rec league basketball or something. And so there was this familiarity and a lot of those kids came into high school and they already had their lunch tables, right? They already had their group of friends. And then there was those of us from Victory who we had to somehow navigate not just algebra, we had to navigate these friendships of coming in and we felt like the outsiders. And so our neighbor was telling us uh, this story. She said, my first day of high school, for the first two days, I was at this table. And I was all by myself and she said it was awful. My stomach was doing flip-flops, nobody, nobody sat with me at lunch. And then she said, on the third day, Polly Witherup got up from her lunch table and walked over and sat with me at my lunch table. And if Polly could be my friend, then other people could be my friend. And 50 years later, she's telling this story because somebody left their lunch table. When we look out for the lost and the hurting and the broken and people that, that seem to maybe need just a hand up or something in life, we operate in the power and the love of Jesus to change lives. And man, give these guys a hand, my, my lunchroom crew over here. Did you know that Jesus left his lunch table? He did. Not just like, it's a great metaphor, it's, it's true biblically, but it's actually, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus physically left the lunch table. It's a great story. So John, John chapter 4, let's start reading it together. So Jesus was doing ministry in Galilee, and he was going from, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he was doing ministry in Judea, and he was leaving Judea and going to Galilee about 70 miles. So you're talking a walk from Concord to Greensboro. You're talking a walk from Davidson to Greensboro, long walk, two and a half day journey by foot. Jesus is tired, he's hot, he's hungry, he's thirsty. Now let's pick up this story in verse 4. Jesus had to go through Samaria on the way. And that's kind of true, but kind of not. See, from Judea to Galilee, Samaria was right in the middle. And so if you wanted the quickest route, hey Siri, get directions to Galilee. Hey Google, get directions to Galilee. It would, it would route you this way. But most Hebrews did not go this way because there was somebody sitting at a lunch table in Samaria that would ruin their precious high school reputation. And so they, the Jews were the real, they were the religious people and they wouldn't be caught. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't understand God. We're the, we're the in crowd. How, how dare you ask me to go around somebody at that lunch table? And so they would go around like dozens of miles out of their way in the hot blazing Mediterranean desert sun just to avoid somebody. And here's Jesus now, the son of God, and Jesus makes a beeline. Well, let's keep reading here. Uh, eventually, he had to go through Samaria. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sakar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about lunchtime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to get some Bojangles. 
And Jesus said, that's fine, y'all go get a biscuit. But I got a divine appointment. I'm going to give it. See, there wasn't anything wrong. Jesus had found a tribe. By the way, Jesus had a tribe. If Jesus needs a tribe, you need a tribe. Find your tribe. So Jesus is hanging out with the boys, walking 70 miles, probably sharing stories, talking about how their feet hurt, talking about, you know, the last, the last ministry opportunity. Jesus is casting vision. This is a tight, this is a tight-knit group. This is, these, are, these are Jesus' boys. And, and yet Jesus said, you know what? I love you. We'll be back together. But you go get lunch. I'm going to leave my lunch table because I have a divine appointment with one woman at a well. And you got to understand the historical and cultural significance of that. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Men wouldn't, wouldn't speak in that day and culture. Men wouldn't initiate a conversation with a woman. Like there's all kinds of things going on here that this is shocking that Jesus would go to a well and leave his lunch table. So just three thoughts, write these things down, how Jesus left the lunch table. Number one is Jesus just went to where she was and had a conversation. Y'all, not everybody's gonna come to church. We gotta go, go to some people and just begin a conversation. Well, they're different, yeah? Well, I don't know what I would talk about, yeah? I just, just like, you think there was not some differences between Jesus and this woman? And yet Jesus was not intimidated to have a conversation with someone who was very different from himself. I love how Jesus just goes over. So the woman, the Bible says in verse 9, the woman was surprised. I think that's a little bit of an understatement. For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman why are you asking me for a drink? There's a lot of labels and names of Jesus in the Bible. A lot of them are declarative statements of who Jesus is. Some are actually names that the Pharisees called him that were meant to be an insult. One of my favorites is they called him friend of sinners. But I think what Jesus did is he took what was meant to be an insult. And I wonder if that wasn't the compliment of Jesus' life. Like, Am I the son of God? Yeah, I am. Am I the son of man? Yes, I am. Am I from the lineage of David? Yes, I am. Am I fully God? Absolutely. Am I Yahweh incarnate? Absolutely, I am. But I am also a friend, a friend of sinners. Aren't you thankful that we are part of a church that is the same, that we're a friend of sinners? Because, well, well, why are we a friend of sinners? Because Jesus is your friend. When I, when I talk about friend of sinners, I'm not talking about people that are not in church. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. And I'm thankful that Jesus chose to be my friend. And if Jesus chose to be my friend and I'm a sinner, then how much more do we want to be known? What is CFA known for? Let's be known as a church that is a friend of sinners. Let's be known as Christians that, what are, what are those Christians like? They're friends of sinners. They'll talk to anybody. They'll leave any lunch table. They, they, they have a tribe, but they invite people into their, into their tribe. The second thing here is that, now here's, I got to preach the whole story. I got to preach the whole story. Second of all, Jesus was also not afraid of confronting her sin. Pastor, could you go back to that first point and talk more? <laughs> because Can I just tell you that some of us don't want all of Jesus. We just want loving Jesus. Like, I'm happy if Jesus is portrayed as Mr. Rogers, 
who's just always kind of singing and smiling and sending a trolley into neighborhood land of make-believe and pretending that, oh, everybody goes to heaven. That's not, but that's not true, is it, right? And so Jesus, Jesus is more loving than you think he is. Jesus is also more truthful than you think he is. So you've got loving Jesus and you've got truthful Jesus. And sometimes we like uh, one or the other. And usually we like loving Jesus when it comes to us and we like truthful Jesus when it comes to other people. <laughs> Some people enjoy coming to church where the pastor just yells at people. So everything that you were thinking in your head about judging people all week and the pastor's saying it, you're like, yeah, get him. <laughs> And then when you mess up, you're like, oh, thank God for his grace. <laughs> but you know, Jesus, Jesus is not just all loving Jesus. And Jesus is just not all truthful Jesus. And Jesus is not just in the middle where you can pick and choose. Some days I need truthful Jesus, some days. No, Jesus is fully loving Jesus. And he's fully truthful Jesus. And those go, both combine. And that's why we have no problems at CFA loving anybody but also telling them the truth because if I love you I'll tell you the truth even when it's truth that you may not want to hear yeah yeah amen third thing is that Jesus offered her living water Jesus replied if you man if you only knew if you only knew about the gift that God has for you and who you're speaking to you would ask me and I would give you living water but sir you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you be better and offer better water than he and his sons and animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. See, what we've got to understand this morning is that whatever Jesus has is better than whatever you have. And whatever Jesus wants to give you is better than whatever you already possess. A couple of thoughts here. Jesus is better than your bucket. Isn't it interesting that the woman who had almost nothing was trying to sell Jesus on her bucket? Jesus, you don't have a bucket. I got a bucket. I got a bucket. Like, like when we try to come to God on our terms and be like, God, you need, I think you need me. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need your bucket. Like you need, you need the living water that, that Jesus has. And so it's this, do you see the, bu the bucket is representative of stuff on the outside. And what Jesus is trying to do is a work on the inside. It would be like if somebody bought a 100-year-old Victorian home but it had not been inhabited for 20 years. And so uh, the roof is leaking, the siding has fallen uh, uh, apart, the heating unit inside needs to be re re uh, 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 changed and a, a new unit put in. You got all of these problems and you took, what if you took your entire budget, your entire budget and did the outside? New roof, 
new siding, some stone, nice pavers. You put a pool in the back, landscaping. And, and what if you lived on dirt floors on the inside and didn't have any plumbing and the heat only worked half the year? And you say, that's ridiculous. And I say, you're right. And I also say that's the way some people live of trying to get everything on the outside of their life because the outside of your house is what everybody else sees. But the inside of your house, i.e. your heart, you got to live with that. And some of us are building houses that they look really good to everybody else because I'm happy for your promotion and I'm glad that your kids got into a good college and, and, and that's good that you just got a new car. But I'm asking, how, how is it on the inside? Like not, not are other people impressed with your house, but can you live with yourself? How, it is, how is it when, when you close your eyes? Are you happy with who you are? Do you sense the presence of God? And Jesus says, I'm about the inside of your house. I'm about living water. I got something for you that's better than you'll ever know. And then what she did, so she tried to offer him a bucket and then she started bringing up her past religious experience. And can I tell somebody this morning that Jesus is better than your past religious experience? There's somebody here this morning and you were hurt by church. You were, and can I just say, I'm sorry for that, but that doesn't represent the heart of Jesus. Don't let religion be a barrier for you for the living water and the life that Jesus is trying to operate and give you this morning. So, so Jesus, Jesus leaves lunch tables. That's what he does. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit is up to today. It's no different in 2019 for us at CFA than it was for Jesus, is that we want to be about the Father's business and multiply and leave lunch tables. So how, how can we do that? How can we do that? I would... Um, I would ask you to open your packet, but was evidence from the sounds I heard all over the auditorium during the welcome, <laughs> most of these have already been opened. <laughs> but if it resealed or you didn't open it yet, go ahead and tear in. Christmas morning, come on, go ahead and tear in. And, and, and um, what I wanna draw your attention to what I want to draw your attention to, if you'll take out the, uh, the black picture frame and just kind of follow along with me. So we believe, we believe that God is speaking multiply. We believe that this is the word for the house for 2019. We're believing for the greatest year of evangelism that Cabarrus County and the Davidson areas have ever seen. And so we want to go in spiritually, 21 days of prayer. We're prophesying, we're bombarding heaven. But we also want to give you just some really practical tools, right? Prayer and and uh, prayer and action, faith and works. And so these are, these are we just came up with these. Now there, there may be more and there's some things that God's got going behind the scenes that I can't release quite yet. But let me just give you the top seven practical things that you can do to join the mission of Jesus, to leave a lunch table and to share the love of Jesus with somebody else. Number one is who's in your frame. Who's in your frame. So what I mean by that is in past years, the past two years, we've asked everybody to pray and, and get a word. So God, give me a scripture, give me a word. This year, I want to change that a little bit. And I'm not asking God to give you a word. I'm asking God to give you a person. And you're going you're gonna to grab a picture of that person, take these notes out, and put the person in the frame. Now listen, hear me, hear me. 
This person, this person that you're praying for, they're not a project. They're a child of God. And so this isn't somebody that you're like, I'm just going to, you know, uh, do these things to, to check off the list. It's somebody that you care about, somebody that you love. Let me just offer a couple of things. Uh, uh, number one, this isn't your buddy that goes to the Baptist church down the street. Okay? This is a lost person. Now, uh, well, never mind. Let's just, this is somebody that's far from God. This is somebody that, that if Jesus were to return, they wouldn't make heaven. The second thing, and this is not gospel. This is your pastor's opinion, but I'm, but I'm like 99% sure that I, this is what I feel that the Lord is speaking. Okay, and let me explain it. I don't think your person is a family member. Uh, and, and let me explain that. Do some of you have family members that don't know Jesus? Absolutely. Do some of, of you have uh, family members that are living a prodigal lifestyle? Absolutely. I'm not telling you. Jesus and, and this church, we are passionate about reaching them. So we're going to pray for them. We're going to love them. But do you remember when Pastor Zach shared his story last week? Sometimes it's somebody else. God has to send somebody else to be the one to speak. Now, if God tells you to speak, you, you speak, uh, you do that. But here's what I felt like the Lord said. If you will reach somebody that's not in your family, that's far from God, God will send somebody else to reach somebody in your family. Okay, does that make sense? So we're just going to put, man, we're going to, and then, and then tied to that number two, take a step of faith. So just listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit and obey those things. Sometimes it's a small act of faith, a small act of obedience that unlocks big blessings. So just doing, just loving on people. Just, you know, you're just, your, your agenda is Jesus' agenda. And then three, share the Wide Awake Fully Alive book. And we gave everybody a copy of that in, in here. And, and I'm not saying that this because I wrote it, but just like God's, God's uh, anointing gets on some stuff for certain seasons. And for whatever reason, uh, I just feel like God's anointing is on that language and on the metaphors that, that he gave us. And so just hand them that book. I've been able to share that book with several people. I've had other people share with me how they've shared that book with other people. And the, the tag, the tag is for when you get to pray that prayer or when they respond on a Sunday morning service. And then, so the book is before and the tag is after and we're just believing that Jesus is going to transform lives. Number four, bring somebody to church. Bring somebody to church. There, there are people here this morning because somebody brought you and can I just say the reason that they brought you is because they love you. They care about you. They found, it's like they found the best restaurant in Concord and they brought you to that restaurant, right? So you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be upset about that. You'd be like, man, thanks for showing me how, thanks for showing me your source of life. Now, in that case, it may have been a Mexican dish that was your source of life. But, but some of you are here because somebody brought you to church. And the reason that they did that is because they're saying, hey, I found something that changed my life. And I just want to share that with you. Number five, find your tribe and help somebody else find theirs. These tribes, remember what Pastor John's been reminding us about, that just there's this need for belonging. A lot of people want to belong Hello, lunch table, they want to belong before they believe. And so 
the order is going to look something like this. For some of you, you're going to invite somebody from this table and you're going to say, hey, come on over and sit with my tribe at this lunch table. Like, let's just, let's play some golf together. Let's work out together. Let's go run together. Come over to my home and do a Bible study together and just involve them. So you find your tribe and then help somebody else find theirs. Number six, uh, look for a U-Haul. Look for a U-Haul. Now, here's what I mean by this. In, in Cabarrus County and Davidson areas, there are uh, over 1,000 new people that are moving every month. We've done, the, we've done the research on this. So here's your assignment. You look for the U-Haul out in the lobby. Um, maybe you saw that kind of big tree-looking thing. I noticed not as many people taking selfies in front of that as they did the poinsettia tree, although you can still... <laughs> get a picture in front of this. This is, this is a really cool box that our story team put together. It says, welcome home. So you just, somebody's moving into the neighborhood. You take, these are free. This is a $10 value. So if you take it, use it. Don't let me find this in the back of your Honda Accord in November. You know, take it, use it, all right. But please take, please take them. This is what they are for. Super, super cool stuff in here. A nice coffee mug. And, and there's, a, uh, there's a welcome home, a new to the city guide. And so there's just some information about CFA Church. There's information about Intune School of Music. If their kids need music and arts lessons, there's information about CFA Academy. A lot of times when people are moving, they're looking for those kind of things. Tell them about uh, CCYA or sports ministry. All of those. And then on the back is just you tell them your favorites. So you write down your favorite pizza spot, your favorite grocery store, coffee place, nails place, barber shop, workout spot. Just put your information and this is a gift. Now when you open this box, you'll notice that there is a blank place uh, on one of the sides. That's because I'm going to give you the box, but I ain't going to bake your cookies for you. You bake, you, bake, you bake your own cookies, all right? And uh, you put some fresh baked chocolate chip cookies and deliver that and believe and pray over that and just believe. Can God use simple things like that, right? Just, to, just some tangible things that we're doing. And so we're believing that this is going to be the greatest year. We believe in that people are going to find life. They're going to find freedom. They're going to find family. And they are going to find purpose. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.